All right, everyone. This is the first magically transportative episode of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. My name is Alon. And I'm Ara. So I moved into that's this... deep. What, what were you saying? That's pretty deep, whatever words you use to describe what we're doing. Now. Yeah, right? No, well, I'm turning into a hippie now that I'm living in Denver. I, uh, I moved into my fancy new house, which is actually far from fancy. So far, I have done very little except buy new appliances for the house. And, um, you know, it's, it's exciting being in a new place. Arizona, by the way, I don't think you realize this as much. In fact, actually, I'm wrong. You probably realize it more than when you leave. But, like, Arizona's a horrible place. That's what it comes down to. And, How uh, dare you. Right? When, when you come to Denver, right? So, you know, in Arizona, like we see a bunch of billboards for guns. You see all sorts of stuff about God. You see all sorts of things about how you should be against abortion. And there's like everything about a red state is shoved in your face. And I, mean, I never noticed those things, but, but you, I'll take your word for it. You never leave your house. That's, that's why you don't see them. Me, I would see them all over the place. And in fact, there were uh, like bus stops with their advertising and stuff. And, you know, big poster advertising at bus stops that were all about, I think one of them near my house said, uh, guns don't cause violence. Um, you know, educate yourself. And I agree, guns don't cause violence, but, uh, but it's the general theme of the message that it's very gun mongery in, in Arizona. And uh, anyway, there's a whole bunch of things that are horrible there. You come to Denver and there's like signs on the back of buses that talk about, you know, what are the possible effects of climate change from fracking? And I mean, that's one example, but there's all sorts of things. It's like, it's very gay friendly. It's very people friendly. It's very environment friendly. It's everything that Arizona is not. And so anyway, that's, that's why I moved. Tell me how you really feel about this state. Right. So (laughs) anyway, it's, uh, it's good. It's good. And after a few days in, I got my, my cable modem to actually work, or I got like my service, which means we can actually do this show. Um, so I've got a couple things that I I want to get to today. I know that we've got probably some stuff left over from last week, and you have a whole list of things. So I think I think you should start here because I I've just been moving. I haven't been playing anything for the last five days, so I've got like well, no stories to tell. You did mention something gay, so I have a gay story to tell. Uh, those are good, sure. Remember when we were talking about this game that was called Ultimate Gay Fighter? Yes, I do remember that. And if you've forgotten, I'll remind you that it's being developed by Handsome Woman Productions. Okay. Because that's really important to know. Well, something uh, really interesting happened. There was um, a certain unnamed mixed martial arts promotional company that you might be able to guess has sent a cease and desist order to uh, Ultimate Gay Fighter to not call the game Ultimate Gay Fighter. Just because they use use the word ultimate? Well, uh, we don't know what company it is since it's unnamed, but one maybe could, um, you know, just go out on a limb and guess that. That would probably be a pretty good guess, Alon. Okay. That um, that doesn't seem like it'll fly very far. Well, I mean, they're doing it because uh, they don't think they can fight a um, unnamed mixed martial arts promotional company that has uh, almost unlimited resources compared to them. Wait, so they're they're going to go ahead and change the name? Yeah. Oh. Uh, but there's something I'm curious about. Uh, let's say uh, you had a you had a horse in this race. Do you do you think that this is an example of they're just fighting it because they have to fight everything? Uh, this unnamed mixed martial arts promotional company, or do you think that people are could actually? Well, let's just let's just get down to brass tacks. Do you think that this game, as named and as it would have been advertised, would actually hurt their image, considering the similarity of titles? Uh, well, you don't have to prove that it hurts. You just have to prove that there's confusion. And yeah. do, you think, the, do you think that could be? Adding the word ultimate in this case, 
I don't know what if UFC has a, a trademark on Ultimate Fighter or just on Ultimate Fighting Championship, uh, or if they've gone like King style and just trademarked the word Ultimate in relation to fighting. If they uh, if they did trademark Ultimate, and they are in both the sports and video games industries, then yeah, they could have a, a real argument. Yeah, that's the funny thing to me because. I, I feel almost like a hypocrite, and I'll tell you why. When that whole King scandal thing came out with them trying to trademark the word candy, everybody everybody with half a brain was like, well, obviously this is stupid because candy is such a generic term. You don't think of candy when you um, – when you – well – when you're playing, can- when you're thinking of, let me let me put it this way: when you're thinking of candy, you don't think of the game, the first thing, right? But here's the funny part: is that when I think of the word ultimate and an ultimate fighter, whether it's uh, gay or straight, I'm kind of thinking of that unnamed company a lot, actually. In fact, that's the first thing I think of, and I find it so weird that that um, that generic word ultimate, which is just as generic as candy actually is so strongly associated in my mind with uh, unnamed mixed martial arts company. Yeah, well, it also – there's a reason for that, right? Like, first of all, the the fighting world, there's not a lot of brands to begin with. And there there hasn't – there haven't been a lot of um, like, titles of things associated in, in that industry uh, that – you know, when you use the word ultimate, it is very directly connected to that, right? Because there's not 12 other people who use the word ultimate in previous fighting situations. Whereas candy has been in games or names associated with games for a long time or with just many other things. So uh, for them yeah, to claim that true. they are the only people you think of when you use the word candy in relation to a video game is is reaching a bit. Whereas ultimate, there's like, I don't know, who else does fighting? I, mean, uh, I don't know, but there's an ultimate cheeseburger. Uh, okay, they should be sending letters to Jack in the Box. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about that. I don't think your ultimate happen, che- your your cheeseburger is making uh, all of our fans think of cheeseburgers when they should be thinking about fighting. Yeah. So it, you know, it, it's interesting though. It's all just a question of psychology and what what people think. Like I said, like you have to actually prove confusion. So in in court, they would have to. If there's a debate, then they would have to get a third-party company to essentially uh, survey a lot of people or do focus groups to find out if they do find it confusing, if they think that Ultimate Gay Fighter is actually part of the Ultimate Fighting brand, and if this like third-party supposedly non-biased group comes back and says yes, then there's an argument for confusion. And Anyway, like I said, it's all a psychology thing. Which You know what else this reminds me of? Remember that game Smuggle Truck? Uh, yeah. That's where Which, you basically play a coyote? You they Because of the controversy of that uh, topic, they decided to change it to Snuggle Truck. Just the title. Um, I don't remember if there was an asset, art asset change involved as well. To, like, change everything to, you know, snuggly uh, things that are uh, smuggled in the truck. That's kind but of – it's an important, you know, differentiation, though. I was – I was kind of, yeah, but I was kind of miffed when they went to do that because I didn't see anything wrong with a game called S- Smuggle Truck. I mean, you're smuggling things in the truck ostensibly – and they just did it to avoid uh, a lot of attention, ostensibly negative. But it's it's things like that that really get me because it's like um, it's like the it's like the copyright equivalent of or the, the 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 naming something equivalent of like saying the word bomb in an airport, but you're not in the airport. Does that make any sense? Um, sort of. I mean, it, it touches on a sensitive nerve, I guess. Yeah, for what, people, I'm, right? what I'm getting at is that there's 
there shouldn't be anything wrong with using a descriptive word. And I, some pe- people sometimes some subjects just get uh, so hot that it's like people start avoiding using descriptive words. It's like not using the word fat to describe something or somebody that's fat. Like, that's what it is. It's not a value judgment. That's just what it is. Those things should be allowed. I mean, like, how sensitive are we? Come on. Well, I'm with you. But that also explains, like, why there's this um, – what am I trying to say? Like, why there's a morphing of the value of certain words in the English language. So, like, you know, there's words that you don't use, like N-word and whatever, whereas in back in the day that didn't have such a – the, the same feel that it does now. Uh, yeah, or, even, or the opposite, like the word suck. Uh, yeah, there's that. Even even simple stuff like stewardess. And and I've always said, like, any word that describes something where the, the people who are that thing don't feel good about what they do, that word will, whatever word is accepted for it, will eventually become negative because it's describing something that people feel negatively about with or without a word. And then they'll change it. They'll find some new word. So stewardess used to be fine, and now it's like flight attendant. But even flight attendant, I think, is leaving. And um, anyway, I didn't even realize there was a problem with any of those words. Yeah, there is. Like now, calling calling people black is apparently not okay, right? And we've been using the African American for years, but now I think that's even wait a more minute. Every this, black person I know else. would rather be called black than African American. Uh, but I only know I don't know any American African American people. I only know black people. You people. understand what I'm talking about, right? The word retarded. Uh, you use the word retarded even yeah, on the that's show. One of my, yeah, it's one of my favorite examples. Yeah, people are no longer using the word retarded because it right. makes people who are actually retarded feel bad about themselves. And oh, but, it, see, but that's the thing. They don't feel bad. It's the people who are trying to stick up for them that yeah. feel bad. But they're yeah. doing – it's like the people who try and give you the right of way when they don't have the right of way on the street because there's an effing protocol. Anyway, this is a fine time to go to break. We will be right back. Please. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. And we're back. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio being recorded at... Two different places at the same time, but you're only listening in one different place at one time. I'm willing to bet that in a few weeks we will totally be over this reality and it won't be novel anymore. But for right now... We're going to milk it as hard as possible. Yeah, pretty much. So um, we were just talking a little bit about you know psychology and, and how people feel and whatever. And it, it uh, reminded me of one of the things that I wanted to cover this week... Um, because I found it, like, I didn't know that, that they did this, but apparently Riot Games, uh, they make League of Legends, which is wildly popular, even though I've never played it. Um, apparently, this was not the first time they have done this, but on uh, April 1st, they basically broke their own game on purpose, uh, and people loved it. And I guess it's not, it's not rare. Like, people, they make changes like this uh, frequently, sort of. And um, and the fans you mean more than just on April first. More than just on April first, and that fans actually like it from time to time. So there's in this game, you know, there's a, a team of dudes fighting a team of other dudes, and they're all fantastical. And like, you know, you can charge up moves and whatever in order to have strong firepower against the other side. I, I don't know enough details about the game. I'm not going to try to pretend that I do, but there's certainly charging involved in these fights, and. Um, what they did for April Fools, 
I'm looking at the article now to find out the the name of the mode they they put it in, but it basically took that cooldown period where where you used to charge up your attack and just threw it out the window. So you could just, according to the article, cast explosive spells whenever the hell you wanted. Um, Okay, the mode was called Ultra Rapid Fire. And um, so people, they made this mode, which really, like I said, it breaks the game because it it takes any sort of balance right right out the window. Um, But people loved it, and they were trying to get riot games to to leave that as an optional mode and i don't know if they did or not i don't i haven't followed it that closely but it was really interesting to me that first of all that they would go to the effort to like i guess it's not that hard to to modify the game in that way but it's harder than not doing it um so they made this mod people like it and it turns out that people enjoy this thing which is actually not as good i guess and uh, what I assume is true, and, and I don't think we're going to put this to the test anytime, but I assume that if the game was like this the whole time, if this was just how League of Legends worked, it would not be nearly as popular. It certainly wouldn't be, you know, uh, part of tournaments anywhere. And I don't know, it kind of like lowers the bar, right? It's probably easier to get into if you're a kid or something. Well, I can just always use my super attacks, right? Um, yeah, it's like, um, yeah, people like it because they. Uh, know that it's not on all the time yeah but if right. it was like even though they're asking for it if they got what they wanted i don't they see, would probably be less well, happy we've been talking we talk about these people who ask for things from time to time and i don't think that these are real people i think that it's um just like 14 year olds who are saying stuff like that and um their opinions definitely don't count when it comes to game design Sorry, 14-year-olds. It's true. <laughs> you think so? Break it to you. That's my impression. Well, it's funny because everybody gets this. I- I'm just getting more and more convinced that the um, – I really wish someone could do an authoritative study to, to show this for good. But the more I read things on the internet, the more I'm convinced that the loudest population is, especially when it comes to making comments about video games, are uh, 14-year-old males. I, that, I mean, that's probably true. They have a lot of time. A lot of time and a lot of boredom and they, I don't know. You know what this reminds me of? I, you'll tell me, I'm sure. As soon as I think of it, I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. I kind of wish that I was into League of Legends to see this sort of thing. And... um you know, what's also interesting is that this sort of stuff only happens on, on PC games. Like, are there any console games that do crazy April Fool's Day stuff? Well, it's funny were... because the the game that the free-to-play game that I played totally didn't do that. And I never even thought about, like, um, I never even thought about the prospect of this because games, you know, games are like services now, a lot of the mobile ones. So they can easily do this without screwing a lot of things up. And... Uh, it's, I mean, it's a cool idea. I, I'm i trying to think of console games that have done stuff like this before, and I suspect there are some, but w- w- Nights? Nights into Dreams? Yeah, but those were just, be- like, special vacation day events that they just showed some decoration, like, on Christmas or Halloween, uh, like, changed the skin a little. I have not heard of a functional change to the game that only took place uh, at a limited period of time, like a holiday. Or yeah. an April Fool Day, but okay. Oh, you know what? Wait a minute. Animal Crossing does stuff like this. Yeah, constant. I don't. I'm not a big Animal Crossing guy. I can totally see them doing that. That would be the. That would be just the thing for those those guys to do. Uh, here's what you reminded me of. Remember the game Burnout? I do. Before Burnout became a slot machine that awarded you for uh, anything that you did, good or bad. There, it was actually a game where you could like uh, do better or worse at, and um, that was before Burnout Three. And it, it was funny because when way back when, when I w- used to be in the press, the main guy for Burnout, the creative director, came over to our magazine and he brought. I think it was Burnout Two. Maybe even it was three. Who knows. It was one of those. 
And he unlocked the special version, a special camera mode in the game, where the camera, instead of it being, like, really close to the ground, like it normally is in a racing game, it was, like, way, way high up, and it was canted downward, you know, pretty severely. It was kind of like if you ever played uh, the farthest away view in Virtua Racing way back when, it was kind of like that. And I know what you're talking about, yeah. It, was inc- it made the game incredible. I mean, it made the game feel different, but you had such amazing visibility because the camera was up so high. And I, this kind of stuff I love so much, and it was great. And I was like, you guys should leave this in as, like, you guys should do this for the normal game. And the guy just, like, laughed that off, like, oh, 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 so silly. Like, we would never consider that. That's just crazy. But I, to this day, but, I think he was wrong. But he sees that you were enjoying it. Well, yeah, and, yeah, but that, that didn't, uh, <laughs> uh, he didn't, it, however much it was enjoyable for me, he didn't seem to care. It was just like, no way, we're never going to do that. There's no chance. Yeah, well, the guys at, at Criterion were always very protective of their brand. Well, they, they certainly like, didn't listen to other people. Yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, hey, it's their game; they can do it how they want. Certainly didn't yeah. stop them from making millions off it. So, what do I know? Yeah. Okay. Well, what do, what do we have next that we want to um, go into? Let's see. Let's. Well, we can. I can complain about Microsoft. Yeah, let's let's hear what you have to say about that. So, what right. now, Microsoft? Well, I gotta be honest; it didn't actually affect me because I didn't happen to be playing at this time. But you remember back in the day, not so long ago, when Microsoft wanted to make everything digital for the Xbox One, and then people bitched about it, and then they changed their tune, right? Yeah, isn't, about this isn't that times. like almost everything uh, of like? That's not almost everything they try. But they certainly try that a lot. Yeah. But, I mean, there was all this debate about what's better or worse and how you're losing functionality because of the change they're making. And then uh, a couple weeks ago, or maybe just a week ago, um, something went wrong. And Xbox Live was experiencing problems just for Xbox One content. And, like, you couldn't buy stuff. There was no subscription, you know, services that were working or whatever. And for some reason, it was specific to the Xbox One. So probably you know, whatever server farm handles Xbox One stuff was having problems. And I thought back to the time when everything had to be, or when they were going to make everything uh, subscription only, right? So like, let's say I wanted to buy a game and I can't. Like nobody in their entire ecosystem could buy a game during this period. And uh, it could be also potentially possible that you can't play a game because it can't actually... Uh, phone home to check that you own the game properly or whatever. Right, um, that whole DRM is, garbage that everybody hates. Yeah, uh, this was exactly what I was talking about when I said why they shouldn't do it this way, why they should allow you to have uh, at, at very least like a more free way of checking. Um, and it anyway, th- this is the the proof that that I needed to know that they were right to make the change. Um, because it would have just left a bunch of people unable to even use their machines. Like, if it can't call home to check, then you just can't play your game at all, right? Forget the fact that you have the disc in your drive. Uh, and, and anyway, it just pissed me off to see that because, I mean, I guess to some extent it made me happy because I was right. But, like, it's, it's so inevitable that problems like this are going to exist, and they're just proving it, um, that it's ridiculous to me that they were even considering another option. And, I mean... Considering it is one thing, a bunch of people in a boardroom, but then they're like, you know what? We can't do that because things are going to break. Uh, but they were, I mean, we all know that they were a, a hair away from just making this reality with the Xbox One. And it would have just completely ruined people's days um, because they just can't keep their their stuff working, at least not 24-7, right? You know what else this reminds me of? Did you hear about the five-year-old who broke through Microsoft's uh, security? Yeah, for some reason I saw about 20 different articles on it. I didn't think it was that interesting. But, but yeah, some kid you know, found a, a security hole. A pretty big one because they were five years old. Uh, Which is very yeah. astute for a five-year-old, but I got to say I don't think the five-year-old was 
uh, any kind of prodigy by any means. But good job, five-year-old. No, he was just poking at it. Yeah. Anyway, we're, we're up on another break, so we're going to quit for a second. We'll be right back. back again and um, gonna change gears a bit all right you've got a bunch of stuff on your list so I am I'm just turning it to you and amaze me well I'm gonna amaze you by turning the tables back on you because I'm gonna talk about a topic that uh, actually you're gonna be more equipped to comment on than I am okay and that topic is Titanfall yeah I've been playing in fact so I remember when I said I haven't been playing games for like the last five days Except Titanfall. Except today, I got like half an hour of Titanfall in for the first time in a week. And it was weird. Like, I was like, I don't even know that I remember how to play. Like, I know how to play, right? But it it wasn't, it wasn't like instinctive anymore. Like, which one of my, you know, which guns I have selected for which character and what are the good combinations and what was there a place that i was where i was trying to continue like like as you play off the horse for a while yeah and and every time i finish playing it's like okay i'm on this level and my goal is to get to the next level and and i doing that by using this gun or or whatever like trying to get certain challenges completed and it had all been erased from my memory so i had to take a few minutes to reorient myself and um i just thought it was funny well, we've talked about Titanfall a bunch of times before, so here's a new angle this time. There's been stories going around about how Respawn Entertainment is doing something apparently novel with people, uh, people's behavior online, specifically people who cheat online. And what they do is if they find you cheating and um, they purportedly have unequivocal means to know with certainty that you are cheating and uh, not just like a victim of circumstance or something like that. So if you are identified by their software as somebody who is cheating, for sure, what ends up happening to you is that they, they don't ban you, but what they do is they sequester you. Uh, apparently this is kind of done without you noticing so that the only people you play against are going to be other cheaters so that there's essentially two pools of people playing with each other. It's uh, people who have been deemed to not be cheaters and those who have been deemed to all be cheaters. Yeah. You know, I would say that this was novel if it weren't the same as what killer instinct was doing. I had, I had brought this up with killer instinct. I'm pretty sure we talked about it on the show. Um, they do that a couple of months ago. Yeah, so they started implementing it relatively recently, and they refer to it as being in jail. And they actually change like the icon that you use when you're playing online against people. A lot of folks would, uh, you know, just cancel or like disconnect from the internet towards the end of the match, and um, that but way very like, unbecoming behavior. Yeah, and I guess that way it didn't record the loss for them, and so they had to change around the rules and how the game worked a little bit, and then also. If you if you have done that more than 15% of your matches, or once you hit that 15% threshold, then you go into jail for a day. And after 24 hours, you're brought down. And if you do it, if you get past 15% again, or if you stay above 50, 15% but do it one more time, then you get thrown in jail. But this time for two days. Um, and it goes, I think, up to like five days where you get to stay in there. But it's like, okay, here's this bad situation. And, um, you know, you can learn your lesson and go back after a while. But if you keep doing it, then we're going to make it worse and worse for you. The problem was that when they first implemented it, they screwed it up. And people like myself ended up in jail without ever cheating even once. 
but like yeah how does that feel like being in jail by the way oh it was super frustrating to me just because well what's it do how how is it different other than there's an icon that says you're in jail how did it feel like well the thing is you're being matched up with other people who are cheaters Although in my case, I didn't know because a lot of people were in there who weren't supposed to be. But another thing that it happened to do, at least in the case of Killer Instinct, is that it, it also stopped paying attention to any sort of matching. So like I was being matched up with people who were way better than me or way worse than me. Um, and so it like the, the ranking matching system didn't work anymore. But it was just huh. frustrating that I would be deemed a cheater when I, when I wasn't at all. Um, and that alone was was frustrating to me. And I think there was something else I couldn't do, but I can't quite can't quite remember if it it actually was very negative. But anyway, um, Titanfall doing this is also fantastic. I don't know if it applies to Xbox One at all uh, because there's not as much cheating on the console as there is on on PC, where you have full control over the stuff that's running on your machine. But yeah, so you're saying you haven't experienced uh, anything about this one way or the other. Yeah, I, I haven't at all. But I think they implemented it like right, right towards the end of when I was playing, and you know, getting ready to to move across the country. Right, I stopped playing for a while, so um, I haven't been playing for very long since they did this. I have, however, been playing. I I played today after they had finalized um, matchmaking changes just changing the algorithm so you get matched with people closer to your level. And uh, that does seem to be working better, but is completely unrelated to what we've been talking about. Uh, what do you know yeah. about aimbots? So that that's, like I was saying, that's the sort of stuff that's going to run on PC more. Um, I think, like, I don't know that anybody has hacked the Xbox One and been able to mess with it at, at all. But uh, But yeah, PC... That stuff happens all the time in all the first-person shooters. And so I, I don't know much about them except to say that, like, they aim for you. And so it would pretty much suck if you were up against someone using an aimbot. And therefore it would also suck if you got thrown in into this uh, special arena with only people who were cheating using a bunch of aimbots. It would make the game basically a waste of time. Yeah, so the funny part is that when Respawn announced this feature on their website, this is how they explained it. They said, you can play with other band players in something that will resemble the Wimbledon of aimbot contests. Yeah, right? <laughs> so who's, whose aimbot is better? Yeah, I guess. Um, I, I think that's a pretty awesome, I mean, I, it's, like, it's such an elegant solution to a problem. It's, I think it's fantastic. I, I wish people, these people, I wish they would have come up with it sooner. Yeah, but I mean, it's still a cat and mouse game, right? Like people are going to continue cheating in ways that they hope won't be detected. Is it? Is it though? I mean, are there ways to go around this? I guess the question is, right? Like, how do they figure out you're cheating, and then how? Like, what means do uh, cheating cheaters have to subvert that further? Well, part of me thinks it'll actually enhance their ability to learn how they're detected, right? Because, I mean. It, so in the yeah, case it will. It will for sure, right? Because you know that there's an event that will change you over. So as a user, if you can identify that event, like you can definitely use that information to figure out what's going on. Yeah, and I mean it doesn't necessarily happen right away, but one thing I'm not sure of is whether or not you get out of that and they, they put you back into the main, you know, the, the normal matching system. Because um, if it's permanent, then you have to make a new identity or whatever a new user and get on again in such a way where you're not um disabled and then which is basically the same thing you could do before right if they let's say they banned you instead of just sequestering you it's the same idea you could create a new user and do whatever you have to do and you know change your ip address or whatever in order to get back into the game um but Overall, I just agree with you that it's good that they're taking measures against it, but it's just stupid that they even have to. Like, how how fun do you think it is to play well, a game? Is it, is it stupid that they have to? I mean, isn't this like wasn't this completely predictable based on what? Like, I don't think it's stupid that they have to. I think that people are stupid, so they have to. Well, that's what I mean, right? Like, we talk all the time about how challenge is important, which is why like League of Legends keeping that that yeah. ultra rapid fire thing on is stupid, but. Can you imagine playing a game where you're just better than everybody else and not 
because you're actually better. But like the game, like imagine starting the game and then you press a magic button and suddenly you win. And then you start another match, you press a magic button and then suddenly you win. That's basically what they're doing. They're just running around while pressing that button. Yeah, but that's um, that's fulfilling for some people. And I think a lot of us, uh, including myself, have gone through that phase. I mean, there was a while that back in the Genesis days, Super Nintendo days, Nintendo days, where, you know, Game Genie was the cheating thing then. And, you know, of course, it's a lot simpler back then because you're you're cheating in a already closed off environment but there was a while where um actually here's the here's the funny part so when i was in high school i worked at this quasi video game store slash arcade type thing where i i feel like i've told this story before but it's been a while so i'll just tell it again i used to this place was basically um a rich lawyer's uh way to basically buy every single NES game and expense it. So that's basically what he did. And so you could go there and they had like consoles set up on on TVs and you could be basically what you did was you rented the time. So you bought like an hour of time and you could play whatever you wanted. And so I had access to basically virtually every game and we had game genies and stuff. And so for me this was like fantastic because I was like you know, I don't feel like playing through these games and putting through the effort. But I want to really see what's in these games. I want to see like what they're like th- from beginning to end. So there's just hundreds and hundreds of games that I played through with Game Genie and so on. Um, and the funny thing was was it's like it's a you get this very weird kind of like addiction type of experience out of it because you get you feel very fulfilled from getting to see parts of games you never saw before. But then the other thing that happens is that it completely spoils the game for you. Yeah, at least in the case of Game Genie, you're not like affecting anybody else. Like, you don't want to play it anymore. And... Like, I'll, I'll Game Genie some game, I don't know, like Yonoid or whatever, and then I'll get to the end of it, and basically what will happen is, uh, as soon as I've Game Genie'd my way through it, it's like, okay, no desire to ever play that again. It's like you, you like, binge on the product and consume it at such a rapid pace that it has zero value beyond, like, the maybe half an hour you spent with it. Yeah, I mean, at least in that case, it's just for yourself, and at least you're getting some benefit out of it, right? By by seeing yeah, a part here, of the game. Here's a situation where other people, right, get hurt because of your, uh, your your behavior. But of course, none of those people doing that care about that, do they? Yeah, I just don't know why. Like, if the game itself is built on the competition between you and another person, destroying the competition is destroying the game. So. Yeah, but see. See, the thing is that's fulfilling. I mean, there's two levels of fulfillment, you know. One of them is uh, I'm, I won, and the other one is I actually learned something. Yeah, I guess that's right. Anyway, it, it's break time again. We'll be right back in just a second. It's the final segment this week of Chatterbox Video Game Radio. You know, I just, uh, during the break, I was reading something, and I, I had noticed this before we started recording the show, but I totally forgot. So you brought up uh, Ultimate Fighter and Ultimate Gay Fighter and all that. Did you know that Ultimate Warrior, part of the WWE, just died? Really? Yeah, not the guy that, um, that you have in I, your house. Not I know the... who the Ultimate Warrior is. Oh. How dare you question me on wrestle trivia wait a minute i don't know anything about wrestling wait wait a minute how dare i purport to be any kind of authority on professional wrestling that's not something i want to be associated with that's that's kind of what i was thinking a second ago (laughs) (laughs) i don't know anything about uh wrestling but 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 apparently warrior i had uh so now i'm talking like a wrestling fan i had i had respect for that guy that sucks all I right. guess every, it's time for everybody. Well, he was only 54. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you how old he was. You yeah. know what? I mean, it's not so. Yeah, that's. 
See, the problem with being the ultimate warrior is that you have to do everything the ultimate way, and that's really hard on your body, being so ultimate all the time. Yeah, that must must have been tough for him. All right, well, anyway, uh, you know, rest in peace to that guy. Um, but before we continue, I haven't mentioned our Facebook page today, but it's uh, slash Chatterbox Video Game Radio. And I'm curious if we have any listeners in Vermont, because we recently were contacted by... Uh, W something 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 thirteen seventy AM um, looking to to expand their lineup and and thinking about maybe bringing our show into into their radio station. I'm curious if we have any listeners um, who've listened to that and uh, what they think of that channel and the people who run it. So if you have, you know, post a little something on our Facebook. Let us know what you think of thirteen seventy AM in Vermont and uh, well and just to educate us. We want to know if we want to be a part of that. And if we have any listeners in Vermont. That, that, that too, I guess. Yeah. That'll be educational for us. All right. So what do you, what do you got to close out the show today? Okay. Um, let's see. Let's remember um, one, one Senator Leland Yee. Remember that guy? Oh, I do. Yeah. He's been in the news lately because, um, I don't know, some kind of like – uh, arms deal negotiating he was doing, which is very, very uncool if you're a uh, United States senator. Yeah, I remember that guy. Well, it's getting more interesting because there's a candidate for a California attorney general, and his name's Phil Wyman. And this guy's been in, in, in the California politics scene for a while. He's, he's not new, but... Uh, He's proposed a death penalty for corrupt politicians. I like the sound of this guy already. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that probably won't fly, but, but cool. Well, needless to say, well, I don't know if it's needless to say. He is a Republican, and there are some Democrat senators who say that uh, he's crazy, um, but let me uh, go on to describe exactly what he's proposing here because he's gone into a little bit of detail about it. So he specifically thought of this when thinking of uh, Leland Yee. Uh, but he did say that he basically thinks that this is this is just be, should be something reserved for the most egregious abusers of uh, of the office. And he also said that you, you may not be aware of this, Alon, and other listeners, but Currently in California, the only way you can get the death penalty is by lethal injection. Okay. And I think it's even more specific. You can only get the death penalty for murders if there's also aggravating circumstances in the murder. So they're not uh, – it's not like Texas or anything, in other words. But what Wyman wants or would like is – to add two more options to anybody who gets the death penalty, any senators who get the death penalty this way, he says that they should be able to choose hanging or firing squad. And he's particularly keen on the firing squad method because clearly that is the most manly way to receive the death penalty. I can only assume he's joking, but at the same and, time... And, and one befitting a senator. I mean, if you're a senator with the death penalty... I mean, you want to, you know, you want to make a good impression for your constituents, don't you? It certainly would be nice if they started imposing some sort of penalties, just period. I guess Leland is being, I mean, he's in jail, right? Probably on, probably out on bail or something. Yeah, I don't know if he's actually actually in jail, but he's definitely not uh, representing anybody right now. Yeah, well, and, that's that's good. Yeah, but. I do also feel like, yeah, something worse sh should probably happen. And I don't know. I mean, I'd settle for, like, cutting your arm off. That would be Because <laughs> then, like, every like look at that senator without an arm. Uh, Everybody knows how he got that way. Okay. I guess he wouldn't be senator. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty pretty old school, if okay. that's how you want to roll. I, w yeah. I won't be volunteering to cut anyone's arm off. But if you're into that. Okay. Well, that's all I have to say about that. So um, let's see. We got uh, – hey, you know what? If there – remember that time a few months ago when I was like, oh, there's like seven new consoles coming out and they're all Android-based? Yeah. And, and now there's like, another one. 
Well, yeah, and like a couple months later, there was like another one that we talked about briefly, and now it's a couple months later, 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 and there's another, another one. But from a and real company. Well, it is from a real company. It's, um, it's probably uh, – out of this morass, this is probably the biggest contender because it's Amazon and they're making this $99 product called the Fire TV, which it's not just a games thing, but it's got its own controller and Amazon's been getting very seriously into this games business because – well, they bought Double Helix, your uh, previous favorite developer, right? Well, I never said favorite, but yeah. they did buy Double Helix. We've done, they bought, done they some bought good them, things. And they've been um, been on a hiring spree, hiring a bunch of marquee names in the industry. Yeah. So the interesting didn't thing Kim, is they're going to – Kim Swift go over there recently? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So they're making first – they're going to make first-party games for this first-party hardware that they're making themselves. What's weird is they're they're saying that the Fire TV is – primarily like a, a video streaming device, primarily not a games thing. But they've certainly been going real headstrong into the gaming stuff. So I assume they were going to be making games for other things, not not just the uh, the Fire TV. Well, no, I'm actually inclined to believe otherwise. The guy uh, who is the spokesperson for this, I saw, I read in a recent article, was basically saying that their strategy is to get people to buy this product for other reasons, and then they find out that they can play games on it. Uh, which is kind of weird, I guess. Like, they want to, like, subversively slip in the game thing. Um, I think that their strategy is, like, what's happened on uh, the i things and the tablets, where um, basically it's, con- it's gone down just that way, right? Nobody bought uh, an i thing or uh, a, ki- a Kindle Fire or Nexus 7, that's the one I have, or any one of those things, right? Like, few people bought them to play games, but there's a huge game market on them. And so I think that they're trying to do that again, although uh, something doesn't feel right about doing that strategy after the fact like they are now. What do you mean after the fact? Like not building the device for games very much? Well, the the whole game market basically organically arose out of the tablet market. And so it's already a mature market there. I think that they're going to have... I don't think it's going to happen the same way that they're thinking it's going to happen because it's just like it, like everything's already there. It's just it's not the same dynamic anymore, you know? No, well, here's the thing. and the, the device can play the other stuff, right? It can play the games that are developed on the phones. So there's already going to be a market there, but I think they realize that there's sort of, um, you know, there's this dearth of quality for, for games that are on systems like that. You know, your, your phone level systems. Well, that's, that's surely the case. Yeah. So it's, it seems pretty clear that they're trying to get some, some quality built into these things. And, uh, they might be the first, I mean, we've seen big companies say we're going to make mobile games, right? But it's it's still few and, and far between uh, are we finding, like, really quality games for mobile. So if they were able to release one or two a year or something, it, it'd be impressive. And, uh, and it would certainly give them a leg up over, say, Apple TV, which can't do that, uh, or yeah, Roku, which doesn't do that. You know, I, I think that... Um, I don't think that this is going to work, though. I, I still, I just think that the market is too saturated, and I think that they are misreading the dynamics of the market. Like the thing that's happened, the the thing that's made the app market so huge as far as games go has basically been the commoditization of it, where everyone just gets the cheapest version of like whatever game has been cloned a million times that they can stand, and. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like. Well, I, I mean, I mean, I hope that they make good games, but I, it's just it's going to be a really tough battle to get something. Like I don't see how it's any different to do it in this way versus uh, them just either just releasing a product in the same 
platforms that are existing or like some other method that isn't well, for, so elaborate. For, forget the new device, right? Let's just say that they were swallowing up all of these these uh, development houses and individual talented people, saying we're going to make awesome mobile games, right? That also you know that run on our tablets and run on other phones, right? Like that would be commendable. Right? Yeah. So now they're just releasing they're they're doing it at the same time releasing a device that you know like the the roku's been gaining popularity the apple tv it was just announced recently that the apple tv sold some ridiculous number of units so um there seems to be a market even though like i personally don't need one because i have 28 different video game systems that all do these things uh I guess there's a market, and there's certainly it's been demonstrated that there's a market for casual gaming because, like you said, everyone using their phone is playing games. So this could be the sort of thing that gets like, you know, mom and and Billy Joe and whoever to like, well, we're watching TV, but this thing also plays games, so why don't I give it a try? It it could expand market yeah, again. I don't know. It could, but then they also have to deal with the problem of uh, how are all the touch games going to work on the TV? How is that going to map? Well, um, they, they're trying to make this device, one of their leading things is that they want to, like, simplify the complexity. And in some ways, this is actually adding complexity. But we'll I'm with you. I mean, the whole touch thing is a little bit different. But at the same time, you're probably going to be able to connect it to your tablet and use a touch screen there for some things or dual screen, like, DS style. Um, well, I love making up features. I mean, that sounds like fun. That would be yeah. great. I'm, I'm sure they'll do funky stuff like that. Anyway, uh, we find ourselves at the end of a show again, so don't forget, everyone, we have a Facebook page slash Chatterbox Video Game Radio, and you can always email us stuff that you want us to talk about. Um, we're looking forward to that. And like I said, if you're in, if you're in Vermont, let me know uh, if you listen to 1370 and what you think. That's all we got tonight, guys. All right, see ya. Bye. been listening to chatterbox video game radio tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming and remember all your base are belong to us